Today we begin a new summer worship series called Unravel. It invites us to think about what happens when our world falls apart. What happens when our tight-knit plans unravel before our eyes? What happens when our identities or the paths we're on come undone? Could it be that God meets us in this unraveling? Could it be that God helps weave us back together with new identities, with new paths, with new understandings, with new world orders? Well, this is what we're going to be exploring this summer. We're going to be hearing passages from Scripture that explore that idea of unraveling and reweaving, the unraveling of identities and vocations and justice and community, and how God helps us weave those things back together. We start today with the story of the Apostle Paul, uh, one of the most famous apostles in the early church. Paul was um, known for helping to spread the um, gospel and build churches around Asia Minor. He penned many of the letters that we have in our Christian scripture. And in fact, the last month we've been reading uh, from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. But Paul was not always an apostle. In fact, before he was a follower of Jesus, he was a persecutor of the early Christians. Uh, Paul was born into a devout Jewish family in the Greek uh, influenced city of Tarsus. He was a Roman citizen, but he was educated in Jerusalem and became a Pharisee, an interpreter of the Jewish law. And Acts records that Paul was involved in the arrest and in the murder of early Christians. And as we're going to hear today, um, we're going to see the story of his conversion and how God meets him and invites him into a new identity uh, and to a new path. In our reading this morning, you're going to hear him uh, referred to as Saul, which is his Jewish name. Uh, but in the sermon, we'll be referring to him as Paul, which is his Roman name and the name that he's uh, known a little bit better by in our scriptures. So let us listen together for the word of God. Our reading is the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 to 22. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of 
Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and how here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I will myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me that so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days he was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who has made havoc in Jerusalem among those who invoked his name? And has he not come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests? Saul became increasingly more powerful and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. This is the word of God for the people of God. What hear about today is one about conversion, a change. It's a change of heart and of mind and of action. Have you ever had to change your mind about something? I'm sure you have. Maybe it was a food you didn't like. I know I've changed my mind about some foods in my time, and one of those foods is oranges. I didn't like oranges at all for the longest time. I never wanted to eat them. I thought they were gross. I would avoid anything that had oranges involved. Uh, but then one day, my mind changed. I was playing soccer and they would give us orange slices at halftime. And after playing soccer for 30 minutes, when you needed a snack and orange slices were all that were available. And when I would eat orange slices during this time, I realized what I'd been missing out on. They were good and nourishing and I decided that I liked them after that. And my change of heart in regards to oranges is similar to what happens with Paul in our story this morning. See, Paul is a leader in his Jewish faith community and he's a really strong leader but he decided he doesn't like the followers of Jesus. And we don't know exactly why. It doesn't tell us specifically why he doesn't like them, but it might be because he feels threatened by the followers of Jesus. Maybe he feels like they're not actually listening to God or that people might leave his own community to go over to theirs. Um, but for whatever reason, he just, he sets out to hurt them. And while he's on the way to hurt others, he has this incredible experience. He sees a flash of light and he falls to the ground and he hears the voice of Jesus. And Jesus asks Paul to stop hurting his followers. He actually says, stop hurting me. 
And Paul's radically changed by this experience. He actually ends up being blind for a couple of days and his friends have to lead him to a city. And that's where he meets Ananias. Ananias is a follower of Jesus and he's one of the people that Paul was actually setting out to hurt. And Jesus speaks to Ananias and he asks him to go out and meet with Paul. And at first Ananias is like, what? You want me to meet with Paul? Uh, but he decides it's okay and he goes and touches him and actually restores Paul's sight um, and welcomes him. Paul changes by this moment. It's this beautiful coming together of two very different people and both of them actually have their hearts changed. Um, Paul becomes a follower of Jesus, and he starts teaching and preaching and building up the early church, and people are amazed. They can't even believe that it's the same guy, but God has chosen Paul as an instrument of peace and love, and Paul sees that Christians aren't as bad as he thought or was even taught they would be, and even Ananias sees that Paul is not as bad as he was taught to believe. See, both men change their ways, they change their hearts, they change their minds, and their actions. They become more loving and kind toward all, and even those who are different from them. This is what conversion means. It's causing something to change from one form to another, um, just changing the way we look at ourselves and others, the world. For Paul and Ananias, it was this encounter with the other first with Jesus for Paul and a flash of light, this vision, and then with one another. That begins to change them. It's a dramatic event. You might even call it a traumatic event. And it just challenges their assumptions and it makes them think and see differently. In many ways, that's the situation that we are in now. Uh, we are in a time of great upheaval, of great unrest, of great trauma and drama with opportunities to encounter God and to encounter each other in new ways. Uh, it started with the pandemic, which has upturned our lives, has kept many of us at home, changed our routines, our relationships, impacted work, finances, and really forced us to rethink our priorities and what matters to us, forced us to rethink how we move in the world, to rethink what we want our lives to look like going forward. The pandemic has also pulled back the veil on injustice in more obvious ways, um, as we've seen the disproportionate effect on people of color. And that combined with the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia, of Breonna Taylor in Kentucky, of George Floyd in Minneapolis, is also revealing the pandemic of white supremacy. And clearly there is a need for conversion on the individual, communal, and societal levels. For us to change our ways of thinking, our ways of acting, and our ways of moving in the world. That we really can't go back to the way things were. That it's time for realization, time for recognition, and time for transformation. So as a way to help us understand uh, this moment that we are in, we're gonna show a video that came out at the end of April. It was produced in um, Great Britain about a month into the lockdown, at least here in the United States. And because it was produced in Great Britain, it doesn't address um, the racial injustice that we've experienced um, since then. 
uh, but you'll be able to make um, the connection in, in the video. So I'm gonna share uh, my screen and then we'll watch this together.